Following the Korean War, Major William E. Mayer, who would later become the U.S. Army's chief psychiatrist, studied 1,000 American prisoners of war who had been detained in a North Korean camp. He was particularly interested in examining one of the most extreme and perversely effective cases of psychological warfare on record, one that had a devastating impact on its subjects. American soldiers had been detained in camps that were not considered especially cruel or unusual by conventional standards. The captive soldiers had adequate food, water, and shelter. They weren't subjected to common physical torture tactics of the time, such as having bamboo shoots driven under their fingernails. In fact, fewer cases of physical abuse were reported in the North Korean POW camps than in prison camps from any other major military conflict throughout history. Why, then, did so many American soldiers die in these camps? They weren't hemmed in with barbed wire. Armed guards didn't surround the camps, yet no soldier ever tried to escape. Furthermore, these men regularly broke rank and turned against each other, sometimes forming close relationships with their North Korean captors. When the survivors were released to a Red Cross group in Japan, they were given the chance to phone loved ones to let them know they were alive. Very few bothered to make the call. Upon returning home, the soldiers maintained no friendships or relationships with each other. Mayer described each man as being in a mental, solitary confinement cell, without any steel or concrete. Mayer had discovered a new disease in the POW camps, a disease of extreme hopelessness. It was not uncommon for a soldier to wander into his hut and look despairingly about, deciding there was no use in trying to participate in his own survival. He would go into a corner alone, sit down, and pull a blanket over his head, and he would be dead within two days. The soldiers actually called it give up itis. The doctors labeled it marasmus, meaning, in Mayer's words, a lack of resistance, a passivity. If the soldiers had been hit, spat upon, or slapped, they would have become angry. Their anger would have given them the motivation to survive. But in the absence of motivation, they simply died, even though there was no medical justification for their deaths. Despite relatively minimal physical torture, Marasmus raised the overall death rate in the North Korean POW camps to an incredible 38%, the highest POW death rate in U.S. military history. Even more astounding was that half of the soldiers died simply because they had given up. They had completely surrendered, both mentally and physically. How could this have happened? The answers were found in the extreme mental tactics that the North Korean captors used. They employed what Mayer described as the ultimate weapon of war. The Ultimate Weapon Mayer reported that the North Korean's objective was to deny men the emotional support that comes from interpersonal relationships. To do this, the captors used four primary tactics. The first one was informing. The second, self-criticism. The third, breaking loyalty to leadership and country. And the fourth was withholding all positive emotional support. To encourage informing, the North Koreans gave prisoners rewards such as cigarettes when they snitched on one another. But neither the offender nor the soldier reporting the violation was punished. The captors encouraged this practice for a different reason. Their intent was to break relationships and turn the men against each other. The captors understood that the soldiers could actually harm each other if they were encouraged to dip from their comrades' buckets every day.
To promote self-criticism, the captors gathered groups of 10 or 12 soldiers and employed what Mayer described as a corruption of group psychotherapy. In these sessions, each man was required to stand up in front of the group and confess all the bad things he had done, as well as all the good things he could have done but failed to do. The most important part of this tactic was that the soldiers were not confessing to the North Koreans, but to their own peers. By subtly eroding the caring, trust, respect, and social acceptance among the American soldiers, the North Koreans created an environment in which buckets of goodwill were constantly and ruthlessly drained. The third major tactic that the captors employed was breaking loyalty to leadership and country. The primary way they did this was by slowly and relentlessly undermining a soldier's allegiance to his superiors. The consequences were ghastly.